What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast. It is Cinco de Mayo, episode 40. It all kind of lines up, and Matt graduates college this week, so he's a, he's a grown-up. Yeah, uh, going to be, I guess, a normal part of society now, okay. even though I'm continuing my education in the fall. Not, definitely not a normal part. But. Oh, yeah, a part of society. Yeah, uh, I'm that part that I, as people say, I hi, I'm hiding in school and I don't want to face the real world. So I'm getting my master's. I, I guess I, I, I conned Arizona into accepting me into their master's program. So jokes on them. Um, yeah. Graduate tomorrow. That's insane, dude. Yeah, you called me today. You were like, I'm leaving campus for the last time. I was like, that's weird. Yeah, it doesn't feel real. So I guess I'm like in the mindset of grad school. So it just feels like a, another semester is over. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it hasn't set in at all. But it's like when they have those third grade graduations one. and they're like, and you just go fourth grade. Yeah. They do that. Or like, like middle school. Like you're done with middle school, you're going to high school. It's like, yeah, middle yeah. school's over, but right. I have more school. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I know this right, is a well, much bigger deal, but. <laughs> Maybe a little. Um, well, we haven't spoken since the trade deadline because we had finals and everything and whatever. It just didn't line up. So we have some deals we want to talk about. Hold up. Yep. I got to do my plug of the episode. Oh, yeah. Ask- Who's going to sponsor us today? We need – and it is, it's insane that it's taken me this long Ooh. to find this sponsor. Let's get Taco Bell. Taco Live Bell. I mean, they're I above my shoulder said, every – No, you definitely said – I think oh, Taco well. Bell is the first one. All right, well, do it again. Taco hey, Bell. How about Yeti? How about Yeti? There you go. I'll, Yeti I'll take a free Yeti. Yeah, me too. A Yeti with our logo on it? That'd be sick. Yeah, that would be sick. All right. Trade deadline. Yeah, that happened six with weeks ago. With your caps, Anthony Mantha was acquired for Jacob Vrana, Richard Panic, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick. So it's a, it's a big price, but I don't know if it's still true, but as of a couple of days ago, nobody had scored more in the time that Washington acquired Mantha than Mantha. So seems to be worth it, at least in the short term. We'll see what happens. Actually, Vrana has scored more now. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, is it true? Yeah, he scored I know four he's goals. Lighting and- Two games yeah. ago, he scored a hat trick. Um, yeah. So the trade first happens. I text Christian. I'm like, we got fleeced. Um, a, and yeah. he's like, you know, it looks like that on paper, but it makes sense. You know, Vrana was an RFA. Pretty sure Ponick's contract was up. So their contracts combined is worth Mantha's, I think, 5.2 a year. And he's through 2023. So right. we have insurance. We have him. Uh, at least for next season. Uh, who knows if we'll protect him with the expansion draft in Seattle coming. I miss I miss Vrana. He's such an electric player. He helped us win the Cup. That's not really where my issue lies. It's giving up a first round and a second round pick next year in an expansion draft year where we're going to need young guys, you know, to really be on the third and fourth lines because yeah. we can't protect everyone in an expansion draft. So, the picks were were my issue. Um, it sucks to see people that helped you win the cup go, but 
Mantha's been, I mean, he's been a stud on our second line. It's the picks that I have a problem with. But Yeah, picks are sort of like, they seem like an afterthought, but they're really a very valuable part of the deal. And you Especially like, first round. I mean, on the surface, this is Anthony Mantha for Jacob Rana and like a, a depth forward. Yeah. When it, in reality, it is like, you know, the picks are insult to injury in a way. But I think it was worth it, especially because they have two more years on this contract. I think it's huge at a great price. Um, so, yeah, it, I definitely it would stink if we parted with someone like that. Um, just trying to, like, put myself in your shoes. But someone told me, they said, if, if we win the cup, that picks the 31st pick. Yeah. So, like, obviously, if we win the cup, it's not that big of a deal. But if we don't win the cup, it's, like, 22nd, which is – What's the 32nd pick, I think? Doesn't Seattle pick this year? I have no idea. They're probably they they're officially a, an NHL team. That's sure, then, yeah, yes, so it would be the 32nd pick. So, I think they do pick. Uh, we'll run through some of the other deals. Devin Dubnik was acquired by the Avs. Uh, Nick Foligno to Toronto for a first. Which we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. This other guy, David Savard, we knew he was on the way out too. He went to Tampa for a first and third round pick. And that deal involved the Red Wings somehow. I think the Red Wings get a third round pick and they eat some of the salary in exchange for that pick. Yeah, I think it was was weird because I think it was Tampa – uh, it was like a four-team trade. Like we were yeah. somehow involved with Mantha and the Red Wings and Columbus and Tampa, and it was well, like it was all, all of those people. draft picks are connected somehow. It's yeah, I don't know how, but David Savard is a six million dollar player going to a team with less than a million dollars worth of cap space at the deadline, um, which also is a is a wrinkle in the in the Mantha trade. In that Vrana and Mantha have similar salaries, I would assume Vrana's probably four million. I think Ron is so, like three, two, five. Right. So they had to pick a guy who would get a little bit of a chunk because I know they were in a little bit of cap trouble. Well, it's not yeah. trouble in the season, but they didn't have a ton of flexibility and they ended up getting a great guy. Um, so same sort of thing with Tampa getting David Savard for a first and a third round pick, but there was a lot of finagling to do in order to stay under the cap, which credit to them because remember at the beginning of the season, they did like a workaround in which they exempted – Nikita Kucherov, who skated this week, who could potentially play before the end of the season, but is not allowed to because his salary was exempted until the playoffs. And I would assume he would be playing at probably about 90% game one of the playoffs. Yeah. And his $7 million, $8 million is not even <laughs> on the books. Well, so a 90% Kucherov is better than 98% oh, of the league. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, you take that where – you, you were able to build this roster around him yet, but he has to work his way back into the lineup in games that really matter. But you take Devin Dubnik going to Colorado is huge because we talked about Devin Dubnik. I mean, he was a Vesna finalist the year. Hope he won it. He's a solid backup. He's probably going to play two out of the last five games here Definitely. down the stretch. And Grubauer has been on fire. So uh, yeah, that's huge they, for the ads. They, we're in a nightmare scenario in the bubble when both of their goalies went down yep. Grubauer and Frank who, and they, and they had a third string, I think making his first career start in game seven. Yeah. So exactly. So they get to avoid that this year, which is huge. And if he yeah. has to step in, they could feel confident with him. All right, let's get to the big one. Yep. The last trade, the, the name of the deadline, I'd say, well, 
we talked about all the names of the deadline, but this is one of them, Taylor Hall. And he goes to the Bruins along with Curtis Lazar for Anders Bjork and a second round pick. At this point, it seemed, I mean, we got him on Monday. It seemed like Taylor Hall's value had dropped a lot because I didn't think that was a huge price to pay for him at all. I mean, it felt like Bjork and Lazar straight up is trading two different players, but it's trading two depth forwards. So you basically got Taylor Hall for a second round pick. So we were essentially, we were like on the golf course, right? When this yeah. went down. And it uh, happened late I mean, at night, I think. Yeah. And then we golfed the next day and we were on yeah. the golf course talking about it. And we talked for like the entire front nine about Taylor Hall and potentially getting back to his old ways and um, not necessarily being the heart trophy player, but if, if he's anything above what he was in Buffalo, this is going to be huge for the Bruins. Yeah. And my, my point was even if, and we expected both of us expected him to resurge at least a little bit, like yeah. be a little bit revitalized by being on a winning team. But I said, even if that doesn't happen, it's worth a second round pick to see if it does like, like an experiment, second round pick. Yeah. yeah. And that's my thing. You guys get a hard trophy winner and we got Anthony Mantha for a first round. So yeah. like, that's kind of where I'm pissed off, but right. So yeah. You mentioned before the show started, the Bruins are seven, two and one in the last 10 hall is a big part of that. That second line has been on and- fire. Lazar, I mean, you read some of these articles about who won and lost at the deadline. Lazar is not even mentioned in like as a part of this trade. And he's been huge as well. And then we also got Mike Riley, who is a fourth, third, fourth defenseman. He's playing on the power play, which has been god awful, but he's been a part of that too. I think the pickup of the year so far across the league in the offseason is Craig Smith. He has been lights out for you guys. He's been enormous. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because the Bruins have people, they always have guys like that that they pick up either at the deadline or the offseason that people sort of write off and Mm -hmm. they show up in a big way. Marcus Johansson was an example of that. Exactly, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Craig Smith's definitely going to be big time in the playoffs. He's already showed up in big games this season. Let's hope so, yeah. I feel good about the team right now. If you asked me our last episode, and you did ask me that last episode, and I didn't feel good at all. Because we were slumping, and then after that episode, we lost the day before the deadline to the Capitals, eight to one. That was awesome. Which is a real, a real kick in the tail. And that, yeah, if you're a Bruins fan, you don't feel great on Monday morning. But then you pick up Taylor Hall, and we've gone on tear since then. It seems like the top three teams in the East could not be playing better at this moment. The all three teams are firing, and the odd man out there, the odd team out, is the Islanders who are struggling. Yeah, which is crazy because a week ago you would have said the top three teams are the Caps, Pens, and Isles, and the Bruins are like treading water. Now the narrative has has changed where it's Penguins, Caps, Bruins are the top three teams, and the Islanders, while they're 10 points ahead of the Rangers and probably will make the playoffs. I think they've already clinched, but yeah. They're 4-4-2, and like – that's not and in a seven-game series. Yeah. They're probably two, four, and two in their last eight games. Um, yeah. They're limping into the playoffs here. Which, remember, last year they were on the worst losing streak of the season going into COVID, and then yeah. they got the time off and came back and beat the – they actually went to the, what, Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, right. So um, they don't get a break this time. No, they don't. They're going to have to find it somehow. Yeah, and so they did just clinch their spot, and you just mentioned the Rangers, who 
in their first game since being mathematically eliminated, played the Capitals. I don't, I didn't watch the game, but I know it was chippy. I know it was scrappy. Tensions boiled over at the end. Tom Wilson, whatever, punch guys, threw him to the ice, get, gets fined. It's really hard to, and we'll talk about this quickly, because I think we're going to be kind of on the same page here. First of all, if it's not Tom Wilson, this is not a story. Second of all, I, of, of course, my gut reaction was, yeah, he should be suspended. Before even seeing anything, I was like, he should be suspended because he's Tom Wilson. But seeing it, it's like, how do you suspend a guy for stuff that happens between plays just because it looked bad? Like, stuff happens between every single whistle in the NHL. So, like, it's yeah, not so... like he threw an elbow at a guy mid-play and is getting suspended for that. It's like, yeah, he threw a guy to the ice, but he didn't get hurt. And if he did, I'm sure it's a different story, which that's a separate debate. But So, if you watch the video, it's around the – it's a, it's like in the goalie crease. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's the, the whistle's blown. I mean, it happens almost every time a goalie freezes the puck, especially yeah. near the playoffs. Players scrum, get away from my goalie. You know, it's that sort of mentality. So, I, of course, I'm a Tom Wilson defender, um, but wh- whatever. He's fine, not suspended. I don't think it, it was worth suspending. Um, again, like you said, if it's not Tom Wilson, no one's even talking about this. Mm. Yeah, I, I did see a tweet that said Capitals fans, like if Tom Wilson burned down an orphanage and killed everyone inside, Caps fans would still tweet the the gif of him skating with the because <laughs> yeah. that's that's oh, true. Yeah. Like people would be like, Tom Wilson's a bum, and then literally the first comment is him just holding the, the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um so I, I wouldn't go that far, like me personally, but I get it. So, because yeah. it was the same thing. If Marshan <laughs> if Marshan pulled a Anakin Skywalker on an orphanage, he's still a Stanley <laughs> Cup champ and a first ballot Hall of Fame. Isaac we'd player. be like, yeah, but that's how he gets in the game. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's just that's just how he's wired. Yeah. But okay, so we talked about the reactions to this, and we talked about some reactions by Capitals fans. The reactions the other way are far more ridiculous and hilarious when you read them. There are some tweets asking for Tom Wilson to be kicked out of the league. Um, of course. One of those gross overreactions was by the rival team in that game, the New York Rangers. And I have the, the statement pulled up here, and you are not going to believe that an actual NHL yeah, team. So I'm going to preface this before you read this. The Rangers organization, this isn't a fan club, this isn't a fan. This isn't some other organization. This is the New York Rangers via On their Twitter. Twitter account. Yes. In their stationery, in their Twitter stationery. So the PR department literally drafted this statement. And here's what it says. Statement from the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. It sounds like he... It literally sounds like he burned down an orphan. Yeah, it does. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions cause an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. That's a lie. I'll get back to that. We view this as a dereliction of duty by the head of player safety, George Paros, and we believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. That is the end of the statement. 
So not only did they ask for a guy to be kicked out of the league until further notice, a very prolific guy, by the way, someone that scores goals. David Posternock once said he was the best goal scorer in the league, but we'll get he to He did that say later. that last year in the bubble. Um, but Artemi Panarin is not hurt for the rest of the year. They have six games left and they're mathematically eliminated and he is not going to play anymore. Uh, so that is ridiculous. I've never seen a team call for a player, a person's job before. That's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. And we saw, I mean, we remember, Matt, um, the, the Rangers released a statement that was shocking as well, surprising, I'll say, when Panarin was out because he was threatened by the government and there was this hit piece out on him. And they said, like, they use non-professional language, like, this is an obvious attempt to, you know. Yeah, like get the Kremlin is using an embarrassing attempt to slander our one of our players. Like, we exactly. fully back Panarin, which was true. Yeah, and, and we love In that. that instance, I was a fan of it. But Agreed. To go after a player on, like, a play that didn't even matter. Yeah. But again, because Buchnevich is not hurt. No, they, they think Panarin is the one that's hurt, which is not true. I know, and the he wasn't even fine. He was fine for the roughing play on Buchnevich. Yeah. Not Panarin. Right. Yeah, which was like right next to the post where he was on the ground and he kind of threw a jab. So the out. game misconduct and the result of the fine is for a player that's not even mentioned in this yeah. PR statement. I mean, what yeah. the hell is wrong with the Rage? Also, if we're going to talk about bad um, press releases, I mean, whoever and, – and the reason I want to bring this up is this has to – this statement going on Twitter has to go through about three departments, like PR department, social media, communications department. It has to be – I mean, it has to go through like three green lights to get tweeted. The Las Vegas Raiders tweeted after the George Floyd conviction of the police officer. They tweeted a picture that says, we can breathe with the date. And everyone lost their minds. Yes. I mean, that was was rightfully so. That was ridiculous. I mean, rightfully so. Because so that's another example of it has to go through like four different people. To say, to look at it and say, yes, this is okay. Well, that was an instance in which the owner logged into the Twitter and tweeted it. His intentions were good, but that was so tone deaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in case you're wondering, anyway, in case you're wondering, the tweet is still up, which means that everybody in the organization has now seen it and decided that it should stay on the Twitter. Whatever, dude. Good uh, luck I've next year. Seen, I've never seen not anything playing. like this in the I mean, look, Panarin's going to be golfing in a month, so who cares? Whatever. Rangers, do your thing. Fine, too. He's fine. Anyway, um, yeah, the Raiders missed the mark by a mile, and the Rangers, whoever tweeted this, is insane. So, there we go. Yeah. Okay. We'll do a quick fantasy update before we get to our game of the week and power rankings. Zach and my dad. Kevin are playing in the finals right now. I'm not really sure when it ends because the season ends in the middle of next week. Uh, but the score right now is Zach 189. He's a screaming Eagles against Team Goalie Goon, I think it is. And he's at 177. So it's a 12 point deficit right now. It's still anyone's game, it looks like. And we'll update you on that happens. Again, the winner 
will be on the pod later this summer. Yeah. So, Mr. Brady, you better uh, you better pick up some players or something. Oh, yeah, it and it's funny because we talked about before the pot, me and Christian, and it stinks. We got to find a different prize because we are so like unincentivized. Like we, like the the prizes to be on the pod, we're on it every week. I haven't set my lineup since week two. So, and it's funny because, um. Mr. Brady and my brother, Zach, and Nick as well. I don't know how invested Danny is. Um, no. Yeah, okay. Like, set their lineups every day or, like, texting me, like, key updates. Uh-huh. Uh, you said your dad does the same. So, it's it makes sense that the two people most invested in this are that in the finals. Be. Yeah. So, anyway. And I, it's going to be a lot of fun having one of them on the pod. So Agreed. Agree. Okay. I'll let you get to the game of the week. All right. Game of the week. Uh, shocker to no one, uh, to our six listeners. Mm-hmm. Boston at Washington, May 11th. I think it's 7 p.m. puck drop. Uh, it's the last game of the regular season for both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was actually moved from, like, April whatever. Um, yeah, it wasn't even canceled. It was just moved because other games were canceled. Yeah, so the regular season is supposed to end like May 9th, and now it's like May 17th because of Vancouver missing a month. Yeah, of... a week. Yeah, more than a week. So it's 17 um, people in their organization test positive. And this is a big game. This is a big game because, I mean, there's games until then. But Washington is two points behind Pittsburgh with a game in hand. Mm-hmm. And the Bruins are catching up. To the Caps Bruins are two points behind the Caps with a game in hand on them, and two games now, in hand on Pittsburgh. So, oh damn, they both have two games in hand on Pittsburgh. They both played fifty-two games, so the Bruins are two points straight okay, up yeah. behind the Caps. But they both do have two games in hand on Pittsburgh, which is huge. This is a big game because if the season were to end today, they're playing in the first round, Caps and Bruins. Mm-hmm. Me and Christian won't talk for the two weeks that they're playing. Yeah, one of us enough. will my, one of us will man up and say, "Look, dude, I'm sorry, my team destroyed yours in four, and it'll definitely be me." Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is. I mean, this game might decide our friendship because we might have to play in the playoffs first round. I mean, we're gonna have to play in the playoffs anyway, but yeah, if we keep winning, yeah, you're right. Who knows? Um, and we'll be able to tell more when it gets closer, but. Yeah, that could have significant implications as far so, as potentially who wins the division or even, like, who gets home ice for that first series. And remember, the Caps are five-time winning, five-time reigning champs of the East division. Or the, yeah, not the East. The Metro, it, was yeah. the, it was the Metro. Yeah. Um, if they win the division this year, it'll be first time ever six division titles in a row, wow. which is, I mean – to only lead to one cup is abysmal, but that's a different story. So you gotta, you gotta, it's the small victories. Anyway, uh, caps win eight to one. And that's <laughs> not an outlandish score because we get it last time we played. It happened. It did happen. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to see. Cause that's the back end of a back to back for us. So. I don't feel great about those. Plus if there's <laughs> nothing, if there's nothing to have, like, if it's three points, you know, if the Caps are three points ahead at that point, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
I mean, it kind of does because, well, not really because we have rest anyway because the Canadian teams can't. It could end deal. up being that neither of us are playing any players in that game. Yeah. Or it could be that we're playing for the division and it's a playoff game, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll know when we get closer. Look forward to that. Okay, let's get into our power rankings. There's a new team on top. Um, oh, these power rankings are from a different person. Sack Chandon. Sorry, sorry if I'm if, saying that. Yeah, sorry if we butchered that. Okay, number one is Colorado. They're on a crazy streak. I think they've lost a couple times since they won like 12 in a row or something. But eight, uh, seven, three, seven and three in their last 10, but they, they have won three in a row. Yeah, and, and them and Vegas are both extremely hot right now. So I don't know, actually. Let me look at that division. Vegas is up by two points. Colorado has a game in hand. So that is going to come down right to the wire. Yeah. And, um, oh, that's big. Yeah. So Colorado's remaining schedule is San Jose, L.A. twice, Vegas, L.A. twice again to end the season. Hmm. you got to think that San Jose game tonight is a win. So that means Colorado and Vegas are tied. You have to think in that division, Colorado is the easiest remaining schedule. Um, and we'll get to Vegas here in a sec because they're obviously in the top two. Um, or in the top as well, but yeah, yeah, uh, that West, the top two, I mean, the wild are so good too. Yeah. It's going to be awesome, uh, down the stretch. All right. Yeah. I'm excited for that race and we'll go to, to the central division where the Carolina hurricanes have the best record in hockey with 79 points at 36, 10 and seven. They have a four-point lead on Florida with a game in hand on them. So it looks like um, with three games remaining is all they have, it looks like. Uh, they'll wrap up that division pretty soon. They're also the hottest team in hockey. Um, yeah. They've won five in a row, 7-0 and three in the last 10. So 10 points in their last 10. No, 17 points in the last 10 games. That's unbelievable. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, good for this team. Whether it's Dallas or Nashville that ends up with that last spot, it looks like it's going to be Nashville as we speak. Uh, you do not want to play Carolina right now. Doesn't seem so like good. anybody has a chance against them. Plus, this has been coming for a long time. Two years ago, Carolina made the Eastern Conference Final as an underdog, um, as an eighth seed, I believe. And, yeah, I mean, Rob Brendamore's got that ship. That's just a well-oiled machine right now. Mm -hmm. So. All right, yeah. number three, shocker to no one, the Vegas Golden Knights are in the top three again. Uh, I, he says last week um, they were number one. I, they've been number one most of the season, which yeah. isn't a shocker. Um, yeah, I mean, their, their goalie duo of Robin Lanner and Marc-Andre Fleury are the reason they lead the division. Um, and their remaining games are Minnesota tonight, St. Louis twice, Colorado May 10th, San Jose. So they're going to have a little bit of trouble if they can't yeah. beat Colorado because they got St. Louis twice before then. Um, so, I would, I mean, I would favor Colorado to win the division if my money's on it due to their easier be. schedule. But Vegas is so good. They're so good. They are. Yeah, and all three of those teams seem interchangeable. Um, even 
well, this next team seems interchangeable as well. And I don't know when we get to Pittsburgh at this point, somewhere in here, but they're playing lights out right now too. There's a lot of teams peaking at the right time. And in contrast, there's plenty of teams who are limping into the playoffs. Yeah. We'll get to Washington, who is one of those teams playing well right now. Um, And they say it's a no-duh kind of answer, which is, yeah, pretty true. And again, you you could put it – I don't think you'd get too many complaints if you put any of these teams at any point in the top five. So Washington at four, here's my thing, and I I really like the way he put this. Franchise star Alex Ovechkin being in UFA this summer. The Capitals need to come to a deal – that will see Ovechkin break Wayne, goal, Wayne Gretzky's goal record in the coming seasons while wearing a capital sweater. I like that because he's saying it's not an if, it's a when Ovi breaks mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky's record. The thing is, if, if we get – if we have another embarrassing first-round loss in the playoffs, why the hell would Ovi want to come back? It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. If we make a deep run and w- or, or win the Cup, He'll take a pay cut. I mean, he'll he'll want to stay with Nick Backstrom. He'll want to stay with Tom Wilson. He'll want to stay with TJ Oshie. He'll want to stay with John Carlson. Like, we need to produce for this guy. He's won one, but he's still not in the same conversation as Crosby. He's still not yeah. in the same conversation as, you know, guys that have won it multiple times. Um, so that's the that is the question mark of the equation for me. If we get embarrassed again in the first round like we have the past two years, I don't see him staying unless we pay him $10.5 million. Well, that's, a quite, that's an interesting question because do you think he'll ever play for another NHL team? I really don't think he will. I don't know. I mean, there's people that we've said that. Did we think Charo would be in red yeah. this season? No, so like, definitely not. There's people we've said that about. Yeah, I mean, definitely true. Uh, the best example that I can think of in recent history is Brady going to Tampa. At no point did I think I would ever see Brady. It's still weird to me. And to now see Brady even Rogers wanting to leave the Packers. Is yeah. Be a weird thing. So players do it. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to number five, the Florida Panthers, who are in an interesting position here with the team behind them. We'll just do a duo here, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Those two teams are fighting for the second and third spots. They have them blocked up. As we speak, they're into the playoffs and they definitely won't finish fourth. But two of them are fighting for home ice advantage in the first round series, the Battle of Florida, which I think is going to be electric because they've sort of developed a kind of rivalry in these last, you know, this last season. The one that I think everyone sort of wished would be there, but never really came to fruition until this year. Yeah. Um, dude, hockey in the South is sick. Especially yeah. in Florida, it's not supposed to work, but it does. I mean, they're the exactly. reigning Stanley Cup champs for a reason. Yeah. Um, Tampa's got four games in the next five days, uh, yeah, including a series. Yeah, a, including a series against Florida to end the season. Um, if they, if these guys have to play two games to end the season and then a seven-game series against each other, the two games to end the season will be way more important than face value. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these people, five, Florida at five, Tampa at six, they're interchangeable. They're both on fire. Yeah. If Kucherov can come in at least 90%, I'm, give me heavy money on Tampa. But By until the way, then. Stam, Stamkos 
skated this morning as well with Kucherov. So the two of them will be back for game one, it sounds like. But Florida, I mean, Bob Rossi's playing out of his mind right now. So. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I, again, I'm excited for this Florida series. I think it's going to be electric, like you said. I agree with you. Okay, let's go up north to Toronto. They're at number seven. They fall from five. They basically have that division locked up. Um, I don't think people are as high on Toronto right now as they would have been a month or two into the season, but they're still a great team. They're definitely going to win that division. They have a six-point league with three games left, four games left. Uh, I like Toronto right now, especially having picked up um, Nick Foligno. Yeah, um, nothing to say. Toronto, I mean, they're, they're struggling as of late, 5-3-2 and two in their last 10, but they'll find um, a way. Yeah, so I don't know if this is a legit goalie controversy or one that's just being, um, you know, manufactured, but who plays goalie for them in the playoffs? Frederick Anderson, I think, just came off of injury. Jack Kim was lost less than three games because he was a 10-0 at one point. Um. So who knows who plays? The, the discussion they're having here in this article is who's the goalie of the future. Seems like Jack Campbell's the obvious answer to me, but I want to know who plays in the playoffs because I could see them being success, successful playing either of them. And honestly, Frederick Anderson, that formula has not worked in the past for them. Well, think of the – let's go to a similar, a similar situation as last year. Bubble, they got a guy during the season – plays well in the regular season, who do they go with? Their franchise guy and Marc-Andre Fleury and yeah. the guy they got at the deadline. Vegas went with the guy at the deadline, and it didn't really work out, but it was the right decision. On the other hand, Fleury felt betrayed by the organization that gave him a five-year extension. So they have to be tricky with how they treat this situation because if they go with Jack Campbell, Anderson will probably want out. Um, but like you said – They've tried the Frederick Anderson experiment in the playoffs, and he's not that good in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, from what we've seen, he crumbles under pressure. So, yeah, that's a that's a critical decision that they're going to have to make. Agreed. Okay, we'll move out to the West. Minnesota Wild are the clear number three team in that division. They've clinched a playoff spot. I think they're flying under the radar just because they hang in there with two of the best teams in the league. And it'd be hard to argue against Colorado and Vegas, not being two of the top three league teams in the league and Minnesota is hanging right there with them. So I think they have to be a dark horse going into the playoffs here. Again, they have to get out of that division with those other two teams, but having to play in that division and being as successful as they are speaks to how good a team that is. And I don't think enough people are talking about that. Yeah, we definitely don't give them enough credit on this podcast. It's tough because they're overshadowed by two out of the top three teams in the league, like all season long, Colorado yeah. and Vegas. Um, the crappy thing about it is they're going to have to play one of those teams in the first round. Like they don't get they don't get time off from facing those teams. And they're going to have to beat both of them to make the, yeah. the conference finals. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing I do want to point out, and it's a positive thing, Last year, when we pre-COVID, um, to end the season last year, the Wild kind of went on like a fire sale yeah. of their best players, and we said like they're giving up, they're looking towards the future. Well, the future wasn't that far away uh, as far as success because they're 
they're balling out right now. Yeah. Um, like you said, they're the clear number three team in this division. They're eight, one and one in the last 10, the hottest team in that division. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone expected them to be 15 points ahead of the number four team in the blues. And yeah, I mean, to, to be the clear cut number three in this division is way better than face value because they're playing again, they're playing with two out of the best three teams in the entire league. So. Okay. We'll talk about number nine, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, This is a team that seems to be putting it all together at the right time. Tristan Jari, who has not had a good year, the Penguins decided to make him their franchise guy when they let Matt Murray sign in Ottawa this offseason. And he hasn't lived up to expectations until recently, plus getting Malkin back. Gensel and Crosby are clicking as we speak. So they are in good position right now. They're playing very well. Yeah, I watched them live. Uh, shut out. I watched Jari shut out my team as yeah. in the only hockey game I've been to in like 500 days. Um, yeah, I hate to admit it, but Pittsburgh looks really good right now. Um, their four check, I mean, watching it live, their four check is, might be the best in the league. It's unbelievable, especially with guys like rust, uh, those, those PK guys. I mean, it says their PK is one of the weaker ones in the league, but, um, I mean, their, their secondary scoring is on a roll right now. Uh, rust scored two against us. It's those weird guys like. I don't know if Hornquist is still on their team, but like weird guys like that, you know, that, that score big goals in the playoffs. They have a lot of those guys. So um, I, I'd I'd be scared if I'm the team that has to face them first round of the playoffs. Definitely. Yeah. I agree with that. And I can attest to that comment you made about their forecheck. It it is very frustrating to watch your team play against them. Yeah. They're too hard on the defenseman every single time. It's very difficult to break the fuck out against them, which is so annoying to watch when you're rooting for the team against them. Yeah, I, spe- I mean, a lot extremely hard to play against. A lot of odd man rushes, a yeah. lot of goal, uh, defensemen trying to pinch to create space, and it leading to breakaways or, like I said, odd man rushes. I mean, they scored on two breakaways because our defensemen they they feel helpless. I mean, they're just trying to get up in the play to create yeah. something, and they can't. Yeah, okay. We'll round out this show uh, with talking about the only important topic that we've addressed today, and that is the Boston Bruins. They seem to be clicking right now, like I talked about with Pittsburgh. This is the formula that we've been looking for since Milan Lucic played with David Krejci, and that was back in 2013. Um, Taylor Hall has finally stepped in on David Krejci's side, and Craig Smith, for that matter, who you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Both of them have stepped in and who become – his line mates in the past basically three weeks with Smith moving around the lineup a lot until then. And the top six are just unstoppable right now. I'd like to see the bottom six score more, but again, how much more scoring do you need? Defense is young. That's going to be an issue going forward. I don't want to talk everyone's ear off about the Bruins, but I feel a lot better right now than I did a couple of weeks ago. The Bruins are definitely not your typical third place team right now. Now it's kind of the same thing as the wild Agreed. Uh, they're, playing, they're playing really well. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's tough to be uh, it's tough to be at the top of the East mass mutual East division yeah. when teams like Pittsburgh and Washington are playing really well. Although I will say Matt, I think the Bruins get more credit than Minnesota because the East is touted and rightfully so 
as yeah. the toughest division, and it's not even close. But the West is not given that much credit. Uh, but I think it should because those top three teams uh, could hold their own against the rest of the league for sure. And the same oh, yeah. for the top three in, in the East. For sure. Um, the Bru- I mean, they were in the Stanley Cup Finals two years ago. The Bruins always get – not always get the credit they deserve, but they always get enough credit, yeah. if that makes sense, uh, just because they're the – yeah. Just because of the teams like the Wild aren't going to get any credit. That's why we were trying to give them some uh, this episode. But I'm not – if I'm a Bruins fan, I'm not worried at all. I think Taylor Hall, like you said, clicking on that second line is is something you guys have been searching for. for I mean, even the, even two years ago when you made the cup final, um, those were trade deadline acquisitions. Uh, well, I guess, Marcus well, I guess played the, the right wing with uh, Jake DeBrusque and David Krejci in game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. Was it David Backus? It was not. It was Carson Kuhlman. Who? Yep. <laughs> a guy who still is interchangeable in the bottom six. He doesn't even play regular minutes. He's not in the lineup regularly. He was our he was our second line right winger. Yeah, so I, don't yeah even know I, I, I feel like we're in a good position right now. Yeah. Um. Sweet. That's all I got. I graduate oh, tomorrow. Man. What is going on? <laughs> Happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. Yeah, go get drunk. Yeah. Oh, game two of Washington and New York is tonight. So one thing I will say about Tom Wilson is he always answers the bell. He's going to fight at least once tonight. So if you want to see some fights, go watch that game. It's awesome for you guys because we get to beat the hell out of him after that tweet last night, and you guys play him tomorrow night. So True. Yeah. (laughs) So you're welcome in advance. Yeah, thanks. We need a couple wins against the Rangers coming up. So, so next time y'all see me, I'll be a college graduate. Which and is we will be previewing the playoffs too, which is crazy how quick that's going to happen. But yeah, I know. Excited about that. All right. How do we? How do we usually end these? <laughs> go Tigers! Go Caps! See y'all next week. See ya.